Hello and welcome to Humans of Agape. We are Agape Europe, a community of people who make Jesus known. So lives are changed and Europe is transformed. We want to bring spiritual hope and help to people from all walks of life. I am your host, my name is Jochen Geck. I work in the Berlin City Hub in Germany. And I'm curious to hear about what God is doing across Europe. So this is what this podcast is all about. I interview people who are on staff with Agape and ask them about what God is doing in their lives and ministries. Praying, loving and caring for the people in our lives. This is the motto of my friends in Agape Ministry in Switzerland. And we're talking today with Yannick Stauffer out of Bern, Switzerland, who's going to tell us more about that. Hi, Yannick. Hi. Great to talk to you today. Yeah, great to talk to you as well. You're our second guest from Switzerland. Yeah, I saw so. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've, I feel like March is still ski season. And so perfect, perfect timing for guests from Switzerland. Are you a skier or a snowboarder? Sadly, neither. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, that, that's actually a very sad truth about me. I never learned uh, to ski or to snowboard. I do have a snowboard with, with all the equipment, but um, I've only been using it twice so far. Huh. So that's, that's a very sad truth about myself for the start of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with the sad news. Yeah. Um, Maybe to uh, talk about more happy things, let's talk a little bit about um, who you are mm -hmm. and uh, what a great person you are, Yannick. Can you introduce yourself a little bit to us? Yeah, sure. Well, you already heard my name. Um, I'm working with Agape in Switzerland. Uh, I am a regional leader for My Friends. Uh, my Friends is, is a ministry that stands for equipping the saints and the church uh, for encountering people uh, in everyday life together with Jesus. Uh, that means imagine someone um, just looking for Jesus in their life and, and being in conflict. Uh, one name that pops into my head is, is Daniel, uh, which is by now a friend of mine, but he had a very, very hard life so far. He's, he's around 40 years old, um, had an accident as a kid. Uh, because of that, he couldn't, couldn't learn a job because he had some mental issues and his his brother and sister died in a car accident when he was still a teenager his dad died two weeks later uh recently uh, about two years ago his mom died so he, he's had a hardcore life hmm. and um there was one guy at his workplace which is a friend of mine that just took him along and brought him along because he knew he he needed he needed Jesus and we we with my friends with our ministry stand for equipping people to be those friends of Daniel mm -hmm. and to encounter people that that have had hard lives normal lives whatever and just talk to them about Jesus and bring them along into the kingdom yeah Okay. Tell us more about Daniel. So his friend brought him along to um, a meeting. Where, where did he bring him? Uh, he later brought him to the church 
like my friend has has been living the my friend's lifestyle for a while now and he's just he just poured into his life with love and, and caring about him praying for him and then bringing him along to church and just discipling him and now um i am actually doing a little journey with him through the bible to discover what wh what's the thing that that jesus died for so we can actually be together with him um and that's how the whole journey began with his friend and now it's it's kind of moving along together with me and with other people okay that sounds fascinating um maybe to get more of a bird's eye perspective on my friends um you said something about equipping the saints equipping the churches to share about jesus mm -hmm. um what does that look like What does that look like? That's a good question. Well, if, if a church decides to move along with us, um, then that means we are we are partnering with them for, for a certain amount of time, around a year, year and a half, um, at, at the least, uh, to just discover certain principles that Jesus lived in and to see how, how can these principles be applied into our lives. So it's not... It's not a set of new tools and a set of new rules that you could follow to to just bring someone into the kingdom, but it's actually uh, trying to live a life as Jesus lived it, based on on those principles that people will see what 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 God what God's heart looks like um, based on on a normal life. Um, so that's that's what you train people in, um, as well as uh, renewing the mind through a, through a leadership training, where we look into the life of Christ and, and see what what did he do to start alone as a single guy when he was baptized, and then when ascending into heaven, uh, he left a movement that shortly afterwards was around 3,000 people strong and hmm. kept on growing into the current age where it's millions of people that are actually following him. So that's, that's what we're looking into and trying to just get, get as much out of that life as possible to, to apply it into ours, not in form of rules and, and, and tools, but in form of principles. Yeah. Okay. And then you mentioned uh, that Daniel's friend had been following the, or living out, I guess, the um, my friend's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. What what does that look like? Well, it, it starts with with love, pray, care. So it, it starts with your heart, actually, which which is w what I love about it. It's it's about uh, us just diving into a relationship with Jesus and and talking to Jesus about our friends and asking him to, to give us opportunities to love on them, to, to care for them, whatever they need. Um, I sense that's that's a very it's a very, very important thing to me because I realized after a while that I'm actually not loving my non Christian friends if I just try to to kind of put the Bible onto them and just striking down with all the truth that I have learned from the Bible. But what's loving to them is, is um, what they actually can, can receive as love. So at mm -hmm. first we are learning, we are learning how, how do we position ourselves and how do we pray for them um, in our quiet times. 
and and discovering a relationship with Jesus towards her friends. That's kind of where it starts and then moves into just sharing about what Jesus does in our lives because life with him is amazing <laughs> and it's worth sharing it and it's actually um really interesting for for people surrounding us if if they can take part in it and they like to listen to us even though um it doesn't seem like it always but it it's more connected to how we share than what we share about and then just praying for people in everyday life inviting them to to discover uh the bible discover what jesus said two thousand years ago instead of us talking about what it was we just go into the bible and and read it together and then we ask okay what is it that you've read what is it that you've learned like what what's this book telling you and and how does that impact your life and so we go deeper and deeper uh to just discover what 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 god has put into his word for us to discover the faith that we live in Hmm. So to summarize that, it all starts with prayer and then uh, uh, discovering a loving attitude towards uh, our friends. Then you said something about sharing, but not um, what we share, but how we share. Mm -hmm. And then uh, inviting our friends to uh, discover what Jesus did in the in the Bible. Now, um, if it's not about what we share, but about how we share, how do we share? How do we share? Uh, it's it's based on on what we've experienced. Like the the people nowadays, they they are not huge fans of truth. Actually, um, maybe you've experienced that so far. Like talking to someone, it's like I discovered this thing and it's amazing, and they are like, yeah, that might be true for you, but you know, I've I've got this other thing right here, and I think I like that better. Um, and that's just kind of how how our culture is. Like you can't come to them with truth, but you can come to them with who you are and what you've experienced. So talking about what what you you have been going through the, the last couple of days or weeks or, I don't know, years, depending on how, how big your processes are you share about, um, then they actually they're actually not, not moving away, but actually listening to you because it's about you and not what some dude said 2,000 years ago. We'll get there, like pretty <laughs> shortly, when you invite them for Bible reading. But before that, it's about relationship, really. Relationship with you, not relationship with God in the first line, but relationship with you. Okay. So you have your approach, you have your principles, and you teach that to churches and, I guess, uh, groups of individuals who are interested I'd like to know a little bit more about you, Yannick, how you ended up doing this. And you seem pretty passionate about it. How did you get so passionate about this? Actually, um, I'm an IT specialist, a trained IT specialist. That's where I started out. Um, and I, I wanted to go study uh, information technology. Uh, and then I felt like, yeah, this like, is pretty okay, but I want to work with people. I never thought I'd go into something like studying theology at that point of time, but um, I did a discipleship training school with Youth of the Mission, um, and that just changed my 
my course of life. <laughs> I realized I love seeing people come into a relationship with Jesus and just discovering step by step what he has for us. Um, so uh, I decided to go study theology, did that, and then I thought, okay, I really don't want to become a pastor because apparently as a pastor, you're just managing a lot of projects and you have to, to lead this uh, just this church with so much administrative stuff and all these kinds of things. And I know that's not, that's not like the truth in itself, but that's what it felt to me. So I decided to go back to IT stuff after studying theology. And after about two months, um, Jörg, my, my uh, ministry leader, came to me and he asked me, would you like to join staff? With, hmm. with my friends. And that was exactly what I wanted. I wanted to, to be where people are trained to live an everyday discipleship uh, with their friends, with the people around them, because I think that's where faith needs to happen, because that's where it has most of, of the impact. Yeah. And so as ministry has it, that's probably not only something that you teach, but also something that's part of your life. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like in your life? One of the most important things I discovered is probably praying for people, like on the spot. Uh, my, my mom's birthday is not too long ago. It's, well, about almost a month now. And she had some friends over. And they both had a, like one. One just had a um, surgery with with his with his leg, and the the other one had had a back problem. Um, and I just went up to them and I was like, "Would you mind if I pray for you?" I mean, why not? <laughs> and surprisingly, if you just ask people if 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 you could pray for them on the spot, they practically never say no. So hmm. they said yes, and that actually led us into a um, into a discussion, me and one of them, uh, about about the faith, and I could share about my heart. Um, so that's one of the things uh, how it impacts my life, and the other one is is definitely the the praying praying to Jesus about my friends part which I already shared, uh, I feel very strongly in this season that it's important for me to, to pray for, for my friends and to care about them. Um, because I realize if I don't do it, my heart starts to get into the wrong place. And instead of, of f friends that I share my faith with, uh, I see them as projects hmm. to, to just move people into the kingdom. And that feels wrong feels wrong to me and feels wrong to them as well so that's something that that is currently being being formed in my heart mm -hmm. so you're passionate about seeing transformation in people oh yeah <laughs> um now knowing what you're passionate about and what excites you about your job are there also things that you find challenging about your ministry yeah Definitely. <laughs> uh, one of the challenging parts is uh, doing office work. Um, it includes a lot of, of administrative stuff. That, like Those things I didn't, didn't want to do as a pastor. Now I realize, yeah, you have to do them anywhere, <laughs> even in ministry. So that's challenging at times. Um, on the other hand, it's very rewarding to just... Uh, 
meeting people and talk to them and see what Jesus does in their lives. So that's kind of leveled out. <laughs> the other thing that's that's very um, challenging to me is actually uh, investing into the region where I'm the regional leader of, because it's a, a region that n not much is happening yet. And it's it's one of my big questions is how how to engage pastors, how to engage churches, how to actually bring it in a way they they can be interested in it. On the other hand, I don't want to bring something they don't uh, they don't look for. So if I meet with someone, just figuring out is it something you actually need as a church right now? Is it, is it where God is leading you at the moment? Um, so that whole pioneering stuff and finding partners to live out the My Friends lifestyle and to train them in the My Friends lifestyle, um, that's a very big challenge to me. Yeah, because it's not, it's not my natural, in, in my natural set of gifts to, to connect with people, um, even though I'm, I'm quite a talkative guy, as you can tell. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm more of a thinker than I am of a talker. Okay, well, um, tell us a little bit more about the man behind the ministry. What we've learned so far is that you are a trained IT specialist mm -hmm. and theologian mm -hmm. who owns a snowboard, but uh, doesn't doesn't get to use it very often. Mm -hmm. And um, you're you live in the region of Bern, the capital of Switzerland. Yes, exactly. Um, I live in a very, very beautiful place. Like if, if anyone who's going to listen to this podcast ever comes to Switzerland, don't miss out on Thun. Thun is the most amazing, most beautiful place in Switzerland, in, in my opinion. That's <laughs> obviously uh, very subjective. <laughs> um, uh, I live here with, uh, together with my wife. I've been married for almost a year now, um, very happily, and we're just discovering new dynamics in our lives, <laughs> <laughs> as people do when they're married. Um, I love to, to hang hang out with friends, to spend time together, uh, sharing about what, what's happening in our lives, uh, going through, through processes together. Um, maybe a bit more on the... the hobby side um i love playing video games okay that's that's one of the things people usually don't expect about me but i love playing video games um so that's that's a big part of my life um and i'm a family type of guy so i love my family i love my wife's family and just sharing life together um yeah that's like the whole package that i am well yeah most of it <laughs> Oh, a well-rounded guy. <laughs> um, now, the My Friends Ministry is uh, something that originated in Switzerland, but I've met you in Berlin. You um, you help out here too. Is the My Friends Ministry in other countries too? Yes, absolutely. So Germany is, is one of the, the countries that we're in. Um, it's actually our, our focus Uh, in in 2020 to to grow the ministry in Germany because it's it's so close we can actually help out um, ourselves. Um, another one would be Austria. Austria is already up and running. There's already one. Um, there's already a, a national leader for for my friends um, working there for about a year and a half now. Um, 
plus another another employee rushing in in about half a year. So we're hmm. really looking forward to what's going to happen there. Uh, these are just the, the closest countries. Um, we do have uh, people in Australia. Well, wow. they kind of it's kind of a, a partnership. Um, they have a, a ministry of their own, which is about training leaders to discover the life of Christ and, and his principles of discipleship. That's part of what I already told you before. And we kind of partnered with them to, to bring their their ministry together with ours. So they've been training my, uh, people in the My Friends lifestyle for for about three to four years now. And then there are people in Finland. Uh, there are people in the Netherlands. Not, not a lot, just a, a couple of them. There's no national leader. And there will be people in in the U.S. pretty soon. Actually, Jurg is is there right now uh, on vacation, but he also got a little spot to to train some people there to just see if if someone catches uh, the fire for my friends and and wants to to head it up a bit there. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's a good list. There are probably more countries involved in one way or another, or where people have been trained. But that those are. The, the countries we're definitely in. Hmm. So very international. Yeah. So you keep reiterating the concept of the My Friends lifestyle. And I mean, uh, with Agape, we've been about discipleship and evangelism forever. That's kind of in our DNA. What's so different about My Friends or why is it maybe the application of that for uh, this age? I think one of the unique selling points we have is that that we have a postmodern approach, um, because culture culture works so differently from what it has been uh, twenty to thirty years ago, where you could just set up a tent and invite people and they just came. That actually doesn't work anymore today. Uh, culture shifts from looking at at, at happenings and, and just running there because there's actually something happening to a very selective kind of, of event joining. Um, so that's one of the things, how we have to rethink uh, evangelism, as well as some hardships in inviting people to church. Um, it's not always easy to bring people into church because they don't know it. And actually what they do know about it, and especially in countries like Germany and Switzerland, is, yeah, you are those guys that just go into those old buildings with uh, the clock towers and people will will just grow old in there because it's so boring. And I don't know. Those are some, some of the challenges uh, we have today. So we somehow have to bring church to the people. And the difference between, say, uh, the, the four spiritual laws and my friends is that my friends is more extensive. So the four spiritual laws are, are actually part of our uh, basic um, going through the Bible thing that we do. But it's only one part of ten uh, to discover the faith because it's, it's just one thing that you can look at. Uh, at that point of time, um, maybe one one other thing would be if you look at the four spiritual laws, especially it it talks about sin mm -hmm. and how how we kind of fail the glory of God, and 
if you talk about sin in today's culture, people don't even know what it means. So you have to start at way a different point than, than you had to start 30 years ago where sin was actually something that was uh, held to an absolute standard. And today as there are no, no more absolute standards, you have to re-explain sin or even go further back and, and see what, what are people lacking today? What does God have to offer them? So it's just the approach of, of a more postmodern uh, culture. That we well, have. let's dive into that example. What do you tell people what sin is or um, what, what is it that they're lacking and that God has to offer? It's very dependent on, on the situation. Like we, we discover what sin is uh, out of the Bible. Like we, we don't go to people and say sin is, is kind of splitting you from God. Um, as it as as we do with the sport, four spiritual laws, because they are not interested in God, it's not uh, that that separation is not necessarily what what drives them to seeking Him. But if if He actually offers a solution to a problem they have, um, there they begin to be interested in Him. There's this one story of a lady um, that that had a problem. Uh, she's raising her kids on her own, and uh, her. Uh, her mirror on the car was broken and Jurg asked her let's just pray for, for a mirror how much does it ha how much could it actually cost and she was like yeah around 150 Swiss francs would be okay and um, they prayed about it and a couple of days later she, she calls him and she says you know I've, I have found a mirror And it's actually way cheaper. And I think if God is interested in a back mirror for my car, <laughs> he's actually interested in me as well. So that's kind of the bridge we try to make, the, that people feel cared for by us and by God to actually be interested, okay, what, what does this God want? Who is this God? And then discover what sin actually means, like the being split from God. That follows afterwards. Yeah. That's a great story. Do you have maybe another story of somebody who experienced God in your ministry? Sure, sure. There's one girl, uh, she's called Patricia. Uh, she's been trained in my friend's lifestyle about three and a half years ago, I guess. Uh, and she started living it out uh, in a hospital uh, in her team, started praying for, for her teammates, um, which was actually pretty fun. Like. Again, no one said, don't pray for me, please. <laughs> But she started getting very nice feedback. She started over WhatsApp. So that's maybe maybe a good tip for everyone. Like if you want to pray for someone, you can just text them and ask, hey, could I send you a prayer? I heard you're not feeling well. Huh. And then people can say yes or no. Just invite them, ask them. And that's what she did with three of her friends uh, from work, where she actually started working like three months before. So... She just started into it and became the, the Christian praying lady from the very beginning. Uh, could send them a prayer and actually um, went so far as to, to pray for people at the, at the table, lunch table, because there were, she was, I think there were three other girls she was eating with them. And then there was one not feeling well. And she knew, well, I've prayed for the other two already. 
why not ask the third one, like the one that's not feeling well right now, if hmm. I could pray for you? And it actually gets easier by time because people are used to you praying for them. And that also gives the opportunity to Jesus to actually show who he is and show hmm. that he cares for people. So that's, that's another story I like very much. Yeah. I love those stories, but you've actually given me kind of the perfect segue to my last question. You already gave the advice of just asking for prayer requests over WhatsApp and then sending kind of prayer over WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. Do you have like the one thing that you want to share with our listeners? Could be, you said you're a thinker, something that you thought about or that you read, something that's very practical, a favorite verse. The stage is yours. And the stage is mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like, I'd like you guys, if, if you start sharing about faith, involve people as early as possible to just keep on sharing it. There, there are going to be people in your life that are going to be interested in faith. And if, if, if you talk, talk to them and then ask, hey, could, could you just, is there someone else who's interested in faith that we could talk to? In your, in your environment? Or is there someone that would like to, to come and discover the Bible together with you? Um, that will actually be a game changer, I guess, in our church culture, if we involve people before they have been baptized, before they have prayed the prayer, but actually teach them that multiplication is the basis of our DNA. And hmm. just... Not, not only because God said, go forth and multiply, like that's way in the beginning, but also because Jesus said, go and make disciples. And I think making disciples starts way earlier. So if, if you start living out a lifestyle where you pray for people, where you share about your experiences, start involving people as soon as possible so that one of the basic things they're doing is multiplying themselves so faith can actually grow into their environments. So that's the one thing. I would, like, apart from everything else I already talked about, <laughs> that's the one thing I would add on top of that. Teach them to multiply. Yeah. Well, I mean, multiplication is what we're about with the Agape. Thank you so much, Yannick, for everything you shared and for this fascinating insight into a great ministry. Yeah. Thank you as well. Have a great rest of the day and God bless you. That was Yannick Stauffer. He is a regional leader of the Agape My Friends Ministry in Bern, Switzerland. If you like this podcast, why don't you take a minute and send a message to your friends to recommend it to them? And it would be really helpful if you could share our Instagram stories. Speaking about social media, you can find Agape Europe on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or check out our website agapeeurope.org. I'm Jochen Geck. And this is Humans of Agape. See you next time.